0: welcome to Recast presented by the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each episode will look at a key issue of mission or discipleship for church leaders in Scotland. We will be bringing you key voices, practical insights and unique stories all focused on the church in Scotland.
1: I am delighted for our summer series to have andrew clark with us today andrew welcome back to the podcast
0: thank you glenn lovely to be here again
1: uh, andrew i wonder if you could maybe uh introduce yourself to folk. who is andrew clark and maybe tell us where are you recording from today
0: i live just 10 miles west of stirling and I work for the Baptist Union of Scotland. So, Glenn, I am one of your colleagues, um, and my role title is Leadership Development Lead. It's a long title, but it's not that complicated. It is all about leadership. It's about leadership uh, um, training and formation and development of ministers and also of church leadership teams.
1: Brilliant. And you took that theme that you obviously invest a lot of your life in at Leadership and you led one of our seminars at Canopy uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, It was excellent. I was uh, one of the couple that I got to go to. And uh, really today we just want to try and grab some of the key headlines of that and uh, share them with others. So what were the two or three key headlines uh, of your Leadership talk?
0: The seminar was entitled something like what does it mean to lead but I had my yeah. own somewhat cheeky subtitle yeah. which was if, if um, people
1: could see you there's a slight mischievous grin on your face at the moment
0: But <laughs> Glenn you know that's permanent <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah this slightly cheeky subtitle was um that people leading people was never part of God's original plan and it was supposed to um suggest to a prospective audience that uh, we would be coming from left field um, as opposed to leadership as a given let's start there let's dive straight in to what is leadership all all about. I just wanted to pose a question that has struck me um from um from the Bible about the possibility, that we were never supposed to lead. and um, So that was that was the starting point. Um, and one of the things that we were thinking about is that this topic of leadership can be approached and, and maybe should be approached in a number of different ways. Um, and the, the first one, maybe the obvious one, the easy pickings, is to go to a, a passage in, let's say, Paul's Letters or... Or Acts 20, 1 Timothy 3, 1 Timothy 5, where Paul actually talks about this is what church leadership should look like. Um, And then you've kind of given the answers, um, and that's easy. Uh, yep. And we should do that. And the second um, approach that is requires a bit more digging is to recognize that so much of the Bible is narrative in approach, a lot of um, characterization of individuals. Yep. And I think we are supposed to sit down as communities of learning and just read about what these people were up to and deduce some leadership principles from their good and their bad examples, that requires a bit more work. But I was suggesting that a third approach we should also put into the mix, and that is to explore some biblical theological principles that are there from the beginning and run all the way through and ask ourselves, how does this map onto a theme like leadership? And so that was that was the approach that I was wanting to take here,
1: right. So what does that approach look like then? Because I think it's interesting because it, it, the the answer isn't immediately obvious to me, whereas I think with the other two approaches, I think we all come with a sense of maybe we know somewhat of the answers or we think we know the answers to those. I think the way you've posed that question there, I, I'm not sure I know instinctively, okay, where do, where do I start? How do I get into this? So, so lead us through that. How, how do we do that?
0: I think one of the surprise things is that leadership um, emerges very early on in our text. um, And so many biblical theological principles, foundational principles, um, are hidden or are on the surface of the first few chapters of the Bible. And here, I think they're not that hidden, but we have overlooked them time and time again. So if we were to take um uh the first chapter let's start with chapter one and we're going on to we could touch on chapters two three and four as well and i think so much of what i want to explore is in those first four chapters of the bible so right at the beginning god is making these two realms the heavens the skies and the earth um and uh, uh in the first three days he separates Firstly, day and night, and then separates sky and sea. And then the third day he separates land and sea. And then we're gonna f- um we home in on days four, five, and six. These two realms, the skies and the land and sea. And on day four, he he commissions. The planets, the sun, moon, and the stars, to govern the day and night. We've got leadership there. Governance even one realm, one zone yeah. that he's created. And then we've got that second zone, which is the land and the seas yeah. on on Earth. And he charges human beings, Adam, uh, and then in concert with Eve, to govern the animals have mm. leadership. And I don't know that we have particularly spotted that um, as being quite essential. Two zones, each of them had delegated authorities, the planets wow. in one, human beings in the other, to govern over the land and the seas, over the animals that fly, the animals that swim, and the animals that walk or crawl and so this is the starting point i have there's leadership that humans are engaged in but crucially it's not leaders leading uh humans leading other humans
1: oh okay yeah we've i think got, i see we, that
0: yeah we and so we've got um uh, we've got adam and eve um and if we think about in uh, genesis 3 things go uh, quite pear-shaped in Genesis 3, and we have the snake coming along uh, and tempting um, Eve in the first instance, and uh, there are consequences for uh, what later theologians um, have called the fall, and God curses the land and the snake, and he also says that there are consequences for the human beings um and this yep. is chapter three um so for to eve uh god says i will surely multiply your pain in childbearing and pain you shall bring forth and then here's some crucial lines here so we're genesis three after this genesis one ideal scenario um, god says to eve your desire shall be contrary to your husband that's how i'm wanting to translate that It's a perfectly legitimate okay. legitimate translation your i'll take your word for
1: that yeah
0: contrary to your husband and he shall rule over you
1: is that the same so- word as the govern word then
0: Um, Yes, it is. And so we've got this Genesis 1 and 2 ruling only over the birds that fly, the animals Mm. that swim, and the animals that walk and crawl. And suddenly, as a consequence of things going wrong, um, Eve is told your desire will be, there'll be conflict This is a consequence. You'll be uh, contrary to your husband, and he shall rule over you. We've got leadership, humans over humans. It's not part of God's ideal. Let me, now bring in Genesis 4, because there's a parallel um, situation there. We've got Cain and Abel, the two Mm -hmm. sons of Adam and Eve. And you may recall that um, Cain got upset with God about how his sacrifice was not accepted and his Brother Abel's sacrifice was accepted. And God speaks to him there um, and says to Cain, If you do well, uh, you will be accepted. And if you don't do well, sin is crouching at the door. And here's the crucial line sin's desire is contrary to you. Think of Eve. Your desire will be contrary to your husband. Mm-hmm. And the Genesis three sixteen four seven, um, sin's desire is contrary to you, and you must rule over it. Genesis three sixteen, Eve, your husband will rule over you. These are not good things, but they are inevitabilities of a life outside the garden.
1: Wow. Okay. So I suspect like most people uh, or most of our listeners will be going, okay, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to press pause here for a second and I'm going to catch up because we've got the planets governing. We've got uh, Adam and Eve uh, governing over uh, the animals in the land and the air and the, on the sea. Uh, and then uh, it, we get the fall. And then after the fall, we've got um, Adam ruling over uh, Eve, uh, and we also have this um, uh, contrary nature uh, that is Eve towards Adam, and then sin towards uh, uh, Abel, and uh, so we're we're left sitting there going, okay, okay, I'm with you. So what now?
0: So leadership of humans uh, one over another. It seems to me we're being told. Um, It it emerges as a consequence of something that's gone wrong. Uh, Mm. Tension emerges between a man and uh, his wife, between Adam and Eve. God says that's going to be an inevitability. It's not his will. It's just going to be an inevitability of a harder life. It creates difficulty, it creates tension, um, and you will find the stronger party, the physically stronger party, is going to rule over you, Eve. And we right. then have leadership for the first time of humans over uh, other humans. So it has, I'm wanting to suggest that this text is leading us to draw a con- conclusion that leadership of human beings over other human beings was never part of God's original plan, but it is a, a consequence of things having gone really wrong, banishment from the garden, and an inevitable tension between human beings as they struggle for life, to eke a life out of a uh, a land that has been cursed and in a uh, a context in which um, serpents uh, and other animals effectively are scrabbling for primacy, for priority, for um, maintaining their own lives. So leadership emerges from that. You then have all sorts of questions as to what consequences um, arise for us as human beings in a world in which people are seeking to um, gain advantage or secure their own future or hold on to life or. Uh, achieve what they need to do in terms of getting bread for their family, Um, all all of these consequences. How do we end up um, seeking to gain an edge over each other uh, and rule in that kind of context?
1: Okay. So I suspect most people will be with you if it is a little like okay this is a stretch but that's good I know that's your intention uh, to stretch us in that way but I, I think there will also be some of us who are sitting kind of now saying well okay what does that mean then Andrew what what does that mean for me as a leader in my church or in my workplace or uh, in my home or, or 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 whatever situation does that mean that so that's a consequence of all, we should look to get rid of that? Or, or what does that mean?
0: I, I think you mentioned different contexts of leadership, and I think that's really important. And the family is one that's there already in Genesis 3. Um, and yep. uh, most human beings will... Um, engage in some context of leadership there whether they are being parented or they are parents Um, then there's the workplace there's our wider community there's sports there's church there's there's all sorts of contexts and what one of the questions i'm asking and and in the seminar uh, we spend a lot of time in small groups just battling this one through. And I think this is what we're asked to do with it. We're prompted by the text to ask these kind of questions and battle them uh, and struggle through with them. So, if leadership emerges out of a context of struggle, how do we seek to counter that? We know we are going to encounter leadership. It might even be thrust upon us, um, but how do we then bring in qualities and characteristics of leadership that haven't also given into um, this inevitable context of leadership emerging out of struggle and an attempt to rule over? Uh, okay.
1: So does I mean, are you thinking there that we're trying to live out? I guess Philippians too. You know, have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So that's the, I guess, the epitome of of what you're talking, or is that the epitome? I should say of of uh, what you're talking about.
0: I I think that's a great um, passage to go to, um, and particularly that. Um, that that idea there of uh, using a uh, a position of theoretical power, um, who did not consider equality with God something to be held onto. Uh, that in Philippians yep. too, this is Jesus we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, but he 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 wasn't seeking to leverage um, a position of power to his own advantage. I think that's yep. that's really significant. And that can then map onto all sorts of other leadership contexts. Is the parent trying to leverage a context here for their own advantage? Yep. Uh, that would be power over somebody? Or is is there a, a power, um, a physical power and an intellectual power that can be leveraged for the benefit of others Mm. Um, not seeking to control um, but seeking to create a climate uh, a context in which the children can flourish uh, and i think we can also reflect a little bit about church leadership there is church leadership about me as a as a minister or as an elder as a deacon as a leader of a band or a youth group or something like is 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 this an opportunity for me to develop my own power base, make sure that my agenda is fulfilled because I have the wisdom to know what the right agenda is, or is my position something that needs to be used in order to help other people flourish, uh, in order for them to fulfill their calling uh, under God as opposed to for them uh, to to encourage them to fulfill the calling that I want to impose upon them can you see that
1: yep yeah absolutely absolutely and and that that makes that kind of leadership radically christian it it, it it's really other than than what we see in the world and there's something that also i think helpfully addresses and we don't have time for this today but it addresses something of the I guess the cultural pushback against power in general, uh, and and says no, actually we we already want to understand that differently, regardless of the cultural pushback. I think our uh, how would it be use at the beginning the biblical theology read well, or at least read in this way leads leads us to that. But Andrew so we're gonna to have to oh sorry
0: on you. can I just pull back on and on, um, develop one small thing there so I think we can go back to Genesis 2 so what did God ask Adam and Eve to do um, simply to to um, be fruitful to multiply to work the land um, and he he wasn't especially prescriptive there so he was empowering them yeah um, so good. if we go but Prior to Genesis 3, it's about empowering. God empowers Adam and Eve. When we are in positions of leadership in the family, workplace, or whatever, how do we empower others not to fulfill our narrow prescribed um, set of agendas, but how do we empower others to hear God for themselves and fulfill their Um, full calling as as human beings yeah that's i think that's how the biblical theological theme develops from genesis 1 2 3 and 4.
1: Andrew that's absolutely brilliant Um, we could be here all day doing this but these are supposed to be short podcasts so we're gonna have to call it a day there just uh, last question um, do you have any resources if somebody's sitting here going oh wow like i want to think a bit more i want to uh, learn a bit more, want to read a bit more, whatever. Do you have any resources that you could point at people to today? I,
0: I I have to say, I haven't found other people who have developed um a or the beginnings of a biblical theology of leadership from Genesis 1, 2, 3, and 4. But my go-to resource um, as, um, as an example of how to develop a biblical theology out of these early chapters, is time and time again to go to Bible Project. Um, their podcasts, their videos, but also they've now got these, these classrooms, all free resources, and they've got a lovely um, classroom course on those, these early chapters of Genesis. That's an excellent resource.
1: Andrew, thank you very much. We'll put the link to those in the show notes if people haven't already uh, seen the Bible Project stuff. It will be there. Uh, Andrew, thank you. Uh, Thank you for leading our Canopy uh, uh, seminar and thank you for doing this podcast and for stretching our brains a bit today. It's been uh, a real gift. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Glenn.